The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a uh, contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me, as always, uh, fellow contributor Akshaz Dividula. Akshaz, man, how, how are things? How, how are we doing? It's the sort of uh, the calm before the, the storm in the NFL, but how are, how are you doing outside of that? I'm good. Um, I gotten a bit of free time for the first time in a while so <laughs> going to take full advantage of that nice. and beyond that i don't know it's a it's a kind of a slow time actually march can be a little a little slow which is i think it can be nice sometimes you know yeah but i most so we're recording this on the 10th of march and i bring this up because and this is to some point the like level of like okay I've kind of like tuned out a little bit of the off season so far just waiting for things to get into full gear. Today's the day Brock Purdy undergoes surgery for his mm-hmm. torn UCL. Yeah, after all that that long wait, um, I think the original date was I think it was more than almost two weeks ago, right? I think like the more than that actually. I think it was like February. 22nd or something like that so he's pushed back quite a few days like almost almost three weeks which of course messes with the timeline quite significantly because if you're looking at what would be exactly six months from from today which is when he's getting his his surgery that would be september the 10th and interestingly enough i believe that is the first full sunday slate of games for the nfl season in 2023 it's not really ideal that he had to push that back because it means that more than likely, barring any like super, super ability to to come back from this surgery, he's not going to be ready for week one. And I think that is something that we're going to talk about a lot throughout this offseason and into the into training camp and all that kind of stuff. So it, it seems like at this point, barring again, any his ability to to overcome this injury faster than expected. And that, of course, assumes that they get in there and it's just the internal brace situation they don't have to repair it any more than that that 
he's not going to be ready to start the season, and that means that it's going to be Trey Lance time to to start off week one. Yeah, I think, too, um, I'm reading somewhere that the Niners don't actually know what the surgery process is going to be insofar as Purdy's going under the knife, and I think as he's, like, undergoing surgery, the surgeons are going to determine, based off what they see, the correct course of action to take. So it could be the partial repair. It could be a complete reconstruction, which would be Tommy John. And then, you know. <laughs> then, you're not, really, then you're really out yeah, of luck. Yeah, then this entire discussion is a moot point, and you know, Tom Brady's coming back for another oh, year. But I think... It's certainly, it's quite fascinating just because it'll really determine a lot of the aggressiveness, I think, for mm-hmm. the 49ers offseason. And in a kind of segue to the offseason in general, if Brock Purdy is out for the full year, with the way the 49ers are sometimes go kind of fast and loose with what they have in their hands, and more importantly, their willingness to look at every option do we think lamar jackson jackson becomes a possibility oh man yeah you beat me to it i was gonna i was gonna segue into that at some point um gosh that's a really good question um and i don't i i've gone back and forth on on that uh there's there's obviously the the easy dismissal of it of the of the move in general because people are like well they don't have a they don't have the first round pick for this year so they can't actually they can't go the traditional route of we'll just give them an offer sheet right and then and then the bit and then the the ravens can be like all right well you that you got it um which i don't think is how the ravens are thinking about this anyway i think their expectation their hope is probably that he's going to go out there get some offer sheets realize oh this deal that i the whatever the ravens offered him is not as is basically the best that he's going to get and he's going to come back and be like all right fine i'll take your contract i think is probably what they're hoping he's going to do but there of course are other avenues that they can do there's the like i think the easiest one for the from the niners perspective is that he signs the tender and then the Ravens and the 49ers work out a trade, which would probably involve a lot of picks and maybe a player or two, which would be um, <laughs> wildly concerning. But I don't know, man. It, it it It's not just the amount of capital they'd have to give up after having already given up a lot of capital for Trey Lance a couple of years ago. It's just they're going to have to give him a lot of money, too, and there's a pretty good chance that he's going to want like a fully guaranteed contract or at least something close to that, right? Um so it, it would be cool. Um, and, uh, you know, the question, of course, what uh, what uniform number would, would he wear? Because he can't wear eight in San Francisco and all those fun things are, are, are funny to, to speculate about. But it feels like there's too many moving parts and it feels like, uh, I don't know, because um, essentially what you're doing with that is you're probably giving up Nick Bosa, even if you're not giving him up. Right. Uh, if you're making that deal. Um there's a good chance you're giving up one of your offensive playmakers, maybe one of your top defensive guys too. That's like on the second tier, just because you might have to throw that to to Baltimore to get get the trade to work in the first place. So it just feels like a lot to give up, even though he's a much more known quantity than any of the quarterbacks that the 49ers have on the roster now. I think 
I totally agree with what you're saying. I think there's no way. I actually, so the 49ers, to give like a little background on the Jackson situation overall, like you mentioned, he signed the non-exclusive player tender, which means that if he gets signed by another team, the Ravens can either match that offer or that team has to give up two first-round picks. But it's a little interesting because, A, the Ravens are probably going to match anything. Right. And, B, the 49ers actually cannot even sign Jackson to a contract because they don't have a first-round pick in this draft. So they have to wait. Right, until, until after, after the after, New Year League year. Yeah, exactly. Which is crazy because you're right. It has to be a trade working with the tender and like some contract extension afterwards. But then the question obviously becomes, well, if the Niners have a contract that they're able to hammer out with Jackson, why don't they just, why don't, why wouldn't the Ravens just basically call the Niners bluff, force them to offer it and then match it. So it's a, it's a real fascinating situation. I think it would definitely, I don't know. My guess is the Niners would only pursue it if Nick Bosa wasn't the cost. Right. On a team of like incredible talent everywhere, he seems like one of those guys that among everyone else is just like you can't you can't get rid of him. That's that's he's one of those guys who 20 years, 19 years with one team, put him in Canton. Maybe he spends a year like some random like team at the end of his career trying to win a ring somewhere like you just you have to build around him so mm-hmm. i don't know yeah. i agree it would be cool i th- <laughs> i think i think it's a testament to the 49ers willingness to like look themselves in the mirror at any given point and be like are we good enough right now i mm-hmm. don't know yeah and, so and that was like, yeah. I don't know, go ahead. I mean, that was the thing. I mean, I was surprised. And there's the list that a list of teams that came out immediately after the they they franchise tagged him. And it's like these there's like four or five teams that were that were like, oh, nope, we're out. And it was like Carolina and the Falcons. And I can't remember a couple of the other uh, the other names on them, but like some teams that you're like, um, you guys know that you don't have a quarterback, right? <laughs> like you're just out, like that's it. <laughs> and the, and it, it was interesting to me that the Niners were not immediately, as you were saying, like, eh, we're good. Like we, we, we got the, the bodies, but I mean, they're able to recognize, yeah, maybe they have the, the guys in the guys in the room and they feel comfortable with them. But also if you have the chance to resign a former MVP, uh, you don't just be like, nah, we're good. Like, we don't need him. Just straight up. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm trying to remember. Tim Kawakami has a good piece on The Athletic where he kind of talks about how Lamar Jackson is on the table. I think since it's so unlikely, it's almost not worth talking about, but it's just tantalizing enough that obviously we're talking about it. Any, like, package for Jackson has to go 2024 first-round pick, Trey Lance, and I think there's no way we do anything other than that. So the question becomes, what is the and? 
how how do you get like because the Ravens, I mean, Jackson is polarizing, but if you look at like quarterback trades, which I in a great move of being prepared have not like searched up yet, so give me a quick second. <laughs> well, if you just think about like what Denver uh, got had to give up for Russell Wilson last year or something like that. Um, it That's got to be like the starting point, right? Like you yeah. can't accept anything less than that because this is a significantly younger player, probably one who has at least a decade left to play. And the fact that all those, I mean, they got two players and what, three or four picks out of that. I think one of them was probably a pick swap, but yeah, that's got to be the starting point. At least you'd think. So, Denver's trade to Seattle, the ninth overall pick, so that was in hand, a 2023 first-rounder, two second-round picks, including the 40th overall pick and a 2023 second-rounder, a fifth-round pick, Noah Fant, Drew Locke, and Shelby Harris. The Seahawks sent, <laughs> and the Seahawks sent back Wilson and a fourth-round pick. That's insane. Because yeah. it's, not, it's not even like – Two first round picks, right? It's like top ten pick plus a future first. Yeah. And I the, mean and the thing is, because the Niners don't have a first or second round pick in twenty twenty three, they're probably gonna have to they'd probably have to package like a bunch of future picks, like a future first and then a in the future second and um like there'd be a lot of things and and if you think about the caliber caliber of player that they that they had to give up to, so Trey Lance probably definitely goes in that in that mix, and then at least one other player that would be in that sort of Noah Fant uh, kind of I don't know second tier starter ability, but maybe hasn't quite figured it out kind of thing. I don't know who that player would be, um, but it'd be really interesting. But I, I like you said I I. I don't think it's likely to happen just because of all the work, the work, the moving pieces. I think the likeliest scenario is he gets out there. Lamar Jackson gets out there. He's like, Oh, okay. Well, maybe things are not as people are not as willing to hand out uh, the big bucks. Like I thought they were, or they don't want to do the big bucks plus give up all their, their picks to do to get him. And he just ends up back in, in, in Baltimore. I think that's probably the likeliest scenario. It has to be. I think I think someone's going to give him an offer sheet. He's going to just take it, and the Ravens will match it, and will everyone who thought they had a chance at him for a second will like, sadly go on with their lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there you go. Uh, it's nice to, to think about for a little bit. I mean, who knows? It's, it's shocking. More surprising things have happened, but... Uh, I think this is probably pretty low on the <coughs> likelihood factor. Um, so a couple of other 49ers related news that's come out in the last couple of days since we recorded last. Um, and then what we're going to do is talk through a couple of uh, free agent things. Um, free agency kicks off next week. Uh, Monday is the the quote unquote legal tampering period, which I just love that phrase. It's so contradictory. It doesn't make any sense. Um, Wednesday, the 15th is when things really get started um, in terms of 
when players can start uh, signing, um, which is uh, will be interesting to see what what the Niners do uh, in terms of the holes that they have. Um, but a couple other couple of new news and note things to to pay attention to. Uh, Colton McKivitz gets a two year extension. He was a um, restricted free agent, so rather than tender him a uh, one year. Uh, contract they decided to go ahead and give him a two-year deal uh, which essentially I I think I saw the number was basically the total number for the contract was just a little bit higher than what the one-year the maximum one-year deal would have been if they had given him the tender so that that works out Um, I I don't know what that's that tells us about what the plan is I think um, and and, um, whatever welcome your thoughts on this too i i some people were like oh that locks him in he's the he's going to be the starting right tackle i don't think necessarily at the number i mean we're talking like a two and a half million dollar a season kind of thing i think it certainly says they feel comfortable with him as the right tackle uh if that's the way it goes but i don't think they're going to be like well we're done like we don't need to find anybody else i think if other opportunities present themselves then they'll certainly uh, bring him in. But it, certain, it, it says that they, they feel comfortable enough with him possibly being the starting right tackle and comfortable enough with him being at least the swing tackle if, that, if, that, if they find a better option at right tackle. Yeah, I agree. It's a very noncommittal amount of money. So I think for sure they, it's a question of, yeah, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, we're not really losing anything. I think you're right. The money it came in at is is reasonable enough to where it just feels like it feels like it kind of fits, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not too debilitating. So it's a smart piece of business since I think we both expected McKivitz to be back anyhow. So things yeah. kind of. Tidy bit of work before the legal. I love the phrase <laughs> the legal tampering period. Yeah, and we'll we'll see. They have a couple of other. I know Kevin Givens is also a restricted free agent. Um, trying to remember, there at least is one other name that I can't remember off the top of my head who their other restricted free agent is, but they have one or two others. Um, and obviously they're still waiting on the uh, Juwan Jennings to sign his exclusive rights tender. That's that's a mere formality, of course, because if if Jennings opts not to sign it then he can't play for anybody else so it feels like he's going to sign that uh here and pretty soon um next bit of news apparently Deshaun gibson is not planning on retiring and wants to come back for 2023 so what do you think actually is he a guy you bring back or are you concerned about him being another year older in this on the back end of that defense i think he played fantastically last year and i think for sure, you send him an offer. You test the waters with him. But I'm not convinced that he should be your primary option. Yeah. Now, if you get a minimum on him and someone else, you draft someone in the third round and you basically have a competition for it, I feel like that works. But I don't know. I'm just – as much as, like, his play was really excellent, like – quite good there's just there's a little concern i have about just you know age also sometimes things just aren't repeatable and that's not really a dig to gibson it's also 
you know, there's a reason why he wasn't signed before right. <laughs> the Niners got to him. So who who knows? And if there's a lot of money being thrown around this free agency cycle, the Niners are kind of smart about having their number and not walking above it. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, agreed. Um all right, last bit of uh news but kind of not news it seems like uh robbie gold is on his way out uh good is gone as i as i wrote down here which is you know, a little pun on his uh the thing that is a good as gold thing for the last couple of years um i we talked about this last time when we were talking about whether or not they should bring him back or not i i i ultimately think this is a money decision uh right like his contract has gotten bigger and bigger obviously as as time has gone on and it may be that they're just looking to reset at the position, find somebody with who's younger with a you know stronger leg who might be a little more consistent from from longer distances, from who might have a more of consistency in the the kickoff game, which is something we talked about was been a struggle over the last couple of years. Um, so I think while he has been clutched when you've needed it, I, I think that there's a, a I think it makes sense uh, to to make this move at this point and just to be like, and, and it's not definitive. Like if he goes out there and finds that there's no other options, uh, which I, I highly doubt um, that he may, he could come back, but it seems like the likeliest thing is that he'll be somewhere else next year. Uh, and I, I think that's okay. I think it makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Um, It's just, you know, it's smart for Robbie, I think. It's one of those things that good for him. He he decided to make a decision. He's probably trying to get back to Chicago or just stay around the Midwest and be with his family. Or maybe he is looking for more financial like windfall given reading the writing on the wall with where the 49ers are at. I think for the 49ers, Robbie has been an admirable part of their turnaround from when they signed him, but it's time to find someone who can kick it from 50 plus yards. Yeah. Um, I looked at the the free agent market. It's not, not an inspiring group of kickers. There's a couple of names out there that will be available. Uh, Eddie Pinheiro, Chase McLaughlin, who's a, an old, an old 49ers friend who's cemented himself as a, a much more efficient kicker since his time with us the first time around. Um, but I would, I mean, I think they'll probably bring in a veteran, but they'll also probably draft, probably either draft a kicker or bring one in as an undrafted guy, um, and see what happens, see what shakes out in that in that department. Um, and you know, the best case scenario, obviously, is they are able to draft somebody who's you know in the later rounds or undrafted, and he's able to be around for a significant for you know many years to come. Yeah, um, I think I think that's the move they should go with, especially since they've decided that Mitch Wyshynowski is worth the money, which, right. you know, we can, we can have a whole discussion on that at a later time <laughs> and their decisions with him and punting in general. But I think it's time to just find your guy in the draft or out of the draft, but have him be young and kind of just get one of those guys that you stick with for a very long time. Yeah, good stuff. Cool. All right. Um, 
Well, I think that's is there, is there any any other like major things that I missed that have happened since the last time we talked? I think that's pretty much that pretty much sums up all the the major things as we had. All right. Um, well, let's uh, let's move then into just talking about last time we talked about the 49ers internal free agents, like who of their their players that are going to be free agents are going to be players that are probably going to walk players that are probably going to um that they're probably going to uh, to to maybe try to resign. They obviously got McKivitz back. They have a couple of other names that will be returning. Um, so this time around, I thought it would make a lot of sense to kind of take a look at the free agent market in terms of outside free agents and get a sense of like where the Niners could spend some money. Now, at this particular point, they don't have a lot of 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 uh, of uh, what's the cap room. They have about roughly you know eight million dollars or something like that. I fully expect that there will be some contract renegotiations and, and restructurings maybe with Christian McCaffrey, maybe with Fred Warner or somebody like that, that will allow them to free up some cap room um, and allow those players to get some, some cash in hand early uh, before the season starts. Uh, but I, and that will free up some space, but I also don't expect them to be particularly active in free agency because um, they First of all, they never really are. They tend to have like one or two like main guys that are like those are that's our guy. Like last year it was Travarius Ward and then a bunch of other smaller guys. And they were like, okay, we're gonna make sure that we get a lockdown corner. And and that's what they that, that what they did last year. So I I wrote down a couple of names of players at, at positions of, of interest. We we obviously know they're gonna build up the defensive line. They 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 are losing a, a good chunk of the core of that team of that group outside of uh nick bosa and eric armstead obviously javon kinlaw will be back more than likely uh next year uh with this big chance to to take an opportunity to to prove himself in his what could be his final year in san francisco if he doesn't kind of turn things around um but i i guess the question that i really wanted to start off with akshaz is what areas if they were going to make like one kind of like big splash move based on what's available out there. What do you think that position would be? I think it'll be edge rusher because that is the area where I think the market lets them spend more and not feel like they're getting completely like no value. And on top of that, that's an area they care about. And I think Nick Vosa was incredible, but the pass rush as a whole was not very incredible, I'd say, <laughs> last year. So yeah, that's the spot where I'm thinking if they splurge, it's somewhere on the defensive line just to get another anchor point in the same way that like when Eric Armstead is healthy, he helps create a lot of opportunities get another finisher on that line and try to get closer to 2019. Yeah. Um, any names that stand out to you in terms of potential guys out there? Obviously there's not, there's not only the free agents that have, that were scheduled, excuse me, scheduled to be free agents this off season, but there's been some names that have come out over the last couple of days in terms of uh, cap casualty type names that also might be on the list, I think, uh, of interesting guys. So I don't know if there's anybody that jumps out at you. It's like, that would be the guy that I would go after if I were the 49ers. 
So I think there are four main guys insofar as like here, and I'll be completely honest. These are main guys insofar as these are names that I recognize and therefore <laughs> I assume yeah. are still pretty good. But Bud Dupree, Frank Clark, then there's Yannick Ngakwe and Robert Clowney. Robert, whoa, Jadevian. <laughs> Robert Clowney, good old Robert Clowney Jr. <laughs> He's Iron Man, a- right? Yes, the second Robert Downey, the second I was about to say junior, I was like, okay, (laughs) wrong name. My my brain just froze. So all good. Robert Robert Downey. Oh my God, I'm saying no, not Robert Downey. Jadavian Clowney is the name you're looking for. Jadavian Clowney, Bud Dupree, Frank Clark, Yannick Ngakwe. I think these are the four guys. If you're looking for an edge rusher in this market, who are going to get top money and who might be worth it. Of the four, um, I think Ngakwe fits the 49ers the best. He's a good speed-to-power guy, offers a little change-up from Nick Bosa, has played opposite a talented rusher before when he was with the Raiders and Max Crosby. So he's a guy I think that I'd put number one on that list. Jadevian Clowney name right this time good job is has has been i think to a large extent more potential than production at times during his career and that continues now as he's become functionally a mercenary where he'll sign for a year or two with a team then move on he had a not so great year with the browns got into a little bit of a locker room dispute with some comments about his time in Cleveland that caused Miles Garrett to become disappointed with him. <laughs> and I just think that um, he's he's an interesting one for sure. And I think there's a lot there that a guy named, like Chris Corsett can get out of him. But Dupree, I'm not entirely sure how his year was in Tennessee. He was released by the Titans. Yeah, they're just cutting everybody at this point, (laughs) except for Ryan Tannehill. And, I mean, his year looks okay. It seems, my guess is, though, he got a lot of, um, he was injured. Yeah, he only played in one, two, three. He played in nine games. So, nine games, dealing with injuries, four sacks. Please, you know, talented edge rusher, I think, if the Niners are willing to take it a little slow, per se, and potentially not spend as much mm-hmm. as they would on Gakwe and Clowney. That's a good point. Then Frank Clark, cap casualty of the Chiefs. He's a good player. I mean, personally, I I think um, he has some, like, allegations in the past that had always concerned me because – he was on the Seahawks, and then when he was moving to the Chiefs, those were um, those are in the past. Though I also just don't know if he'd come to San Francisco. He, yeah. I just remember him saying after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl against the 49ers, that's why they had that 55 or something. Basically Uh-oh. talking about it was something about D Ford, yeah, yeah, being offsides and not. But I mean. Talented player to be sure and definitely a choice to be. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other name to throw in there, and I don't. It, it, this has not been official, but it looks like Zadarius Smith might be out in um, Minnesota. Uh, so that might be another name to, oh, to watch that out for. Everything. If yeah. Zadarius Smith is on the market, that's the that's the guy. Yeah, he's uh, he apparently wants to. Be, I mean, they'd have to they'd have to release him. Uh, but he's he's definitely he's reportedly. I think I just saw Ian Rappaport. Uh, tweeted that out uh, maybe yesterday um, that he wants to be released. He would be certainly a, a high a high energy guy next to to Bosa, kind of guy that you could probably put out there like both of them for all three downs, and you're probably pretty set. And then you're just thinking about like depth guys, and then somebody like Jordan Willis or Kerry Hyder can come back, and it's like okay, we're good, <laughs> right? For sure. I mean, yeah, I think. I think so. We, it's super weird though because I saw a report that like Samson Ebicon is getting like, millions uh, of millions. yeah, like ten million a year, like nuts. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just saying, if Samson Ebicon is getting ten million a year, Ebicon, great player, not nothing about him being like bad or anything, but if he's getting ten million a year, then you know. Yeah, what are we we doing here? We're in a whole (laughs) new ball game, and I think the Niners have to, like, move in a different direction. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. It would – if – that would be one place that I would definitely be in for signing guys. It's (laughs) – the likelier outcome, I I think you're right, is if if a guy like Samson Ibukam, who's a a good player but more of a a depth – like secondary pass rusher type of guy, as we've seen over the last couple of years in San Francisco, 
then they're probably going to be looking to stockpile lower priced veterans in that place, really give Drake Jackson a run out next year, see what they can get out of him. I think they, that seems like more likely they'll continue to, to throw a lot of bodies at the position and see what sticks. But I, I'm with you. I'd be, it'd be nice to, to see if they could pull out somebody big. Um, a couple other names that stood out to me there at that position as well. Uh, Mario Edwards um, is also going to be a, a free agent this off season, a little bit older, but potential depth guy. If he was willing to come in on, a, on one of those uh, patented 49ers edge rusher, one year prove it deals. And then he has a, a good season and gets an opportunity to do that. Shaq Lawson is also on the market. Um, I don't know what these guys are going to be looking for, um, but they're, you know, older guys who might have an opportunity to, to catch on there. Um, so any, any thoughts about either of those guys on, on, at this point? Jack Lawson, I think is a good depth option. I mean, I think at a certain point it's, it's difficult because we expect a lot from the 49ers. Right. And, like, what they can get out of players. <clears throat> In a way, that's not really, like, fair to them, you know. Like, no one like no one should expect Sh- Shaq Lawson, given what he's done, to, like, be the bookend opposite Bosa that we expect that we want him to be. But, you know, there's this weird thing. You come to the 49ers and all of a sudden players who haven't been performing incredibly well get this huge bump and then you know everyone people just get lost in the idea of it all and like i think those are good additions to augment potentially a drake jackson who takes the next step right yeah and that's i mean ideally that i think that's and i think the thing that's going to keep them from bringing somebody in like zadaria smith or even jadavian Clowney. Uh, or somebody like that is the 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 hope that that Drake Jackson will will take that next step in in year two and they just want to supplement what they think he can be um, now that might be a small risk to take um, but I also think they're not going to put him in a position where they're like all right dude you're the the other edge rusher for three downs every every game in year two I don't think that's going to happen given how much he played last year um so there will be buffers but I don't know that it'll be like a high price buffer that's going to like sit Jackson on the bench uh for most of the of the game um but you know in a in a really important second year for him yeah I mean I don't know actually as a larger point I think the 49ers are in a bit of a crossroads where they have these like few spots everywhere that are super important that are kind of just up in the air. Quarterback mm-hmm. being the first one, obviously. <laughs> but <Yeah>. then like <laughs> bookend edge rusher, cornerback to free safety, right tackle. Like these are all these are all things that feel like they're important and should be solidified. Because yeah. if you look up and down the roster everywhere else, everyone like it's all set. Yeah. It's more than set. So all right. Well, um there let let's go ahead and, and talk about two of those positions that you just mentioned. And then one other one uh, that jumps out at me is like something that they might be able to to, to take care of 
possibly in free agency, but it may be more of a draft thing. Uh, the first is that safety position next to Talanu Hufanga. So we talked about Deshaun Gibson and how <laughs> maybe he's somebody they bring in, but they don't like say, okay, we're going to give you starters money and you're coming in to do that. Um, so two names that jumped out at me, and, and I think maybe the likelier option if they decide to make a splash in free agency uh with that sort of like one guy they're gonna hand they're gonna pick like charvarius ward last year maybe it's at that free safety position there's a couple of names that jump out at me and i don't know uh what thoughts you have about them but i want to throw these out here so we have um nasir adderley who's uh coming off uh his time with the chargers after being a second round pick um he'll be available um spotrack has him at a Roughly, let me see, about an eight and a half, nine million dollar a year uh, average value um, after his rookie contract expired this past year. Um, so that's an interesting name. That could be somebody who could step in. He's a younger guy. He'll only be 26 uh, when the season starts. So he could be a guy that you sign for a three or four year deal who could hold down the back end along with Hufanga for a longer period of time. The other name that jumps out to me, and this is a, a bigger splash and a, and therefore a much more, a much costlier uh, splash than, uh, than even Adderley at that eight or $9 million number is Jesse Bates, who looks to be out in Cincinnati. Uh, um, so I don't know those, uh, that seems to me like there's nobody there to block them to block or get in the way of, and even if they bring Gibson back, it's not like this, you know, 33, 34 year old guy is going to block a younger guy who's better than him. Um, so it feels like if they're going to make a splash in free agency, that might be the place to go is to grab one of these higher end safeties and, and and who's a younger a younger player who they can lock in for for several seasons and and feel good about that position for a number of years. I don't know if you have any thoughts about either of those guys. Adderley is interesting to me because I did spend so that would be 2019 I think and I spent a little bit of time in 2019 looking into the safeties of the draft and my impression at the time was Adderley was a really solid like safety there and if you were willing to like take use a high pick relatively speaking late first early second that he would be the move and I don't know if his career has panned out that way but definitely solid definitely interesting Jesse Bates would be a dream I just don't see it happening because that's a lot of money and I think go ahead sorry well, at that point, I almost wonder, why don't you just re-sign Jimmy Ward? Mm-hmm. So I think that's what makes safety interesting to me is that Jimmy Ward is probably the second or third best safety on the market at worst. And if you're going to spend money, it becomes a little odd as to why you wouldn't just spend the money to keep your longest tenured player. Yeah, I think in that case, it just really comes down to an age situation, right? Because um, we know that Jimmy Ward is uh, 32, something like that. Um, so he'll he'll he's got that that working against him. And so the question would be with like a Jesse Bates guy who's 26, just turned 26 in late February. Um, he's going to cost more money than Ward is probably. I think he's going to be in that like. 
12 to 14 range annual average value. Um, Ward probably won't cost that much. He's probably in the the same boat as as Nasir Adderley. Um, but are you willing to pay a little extra for somebody that you can say, okay, you're 26 years old. We're going to sign you to a four or five year deal to lock down to one to keep that that the cap hits down for the first couple of years and you know do the cap magic and all that kind of stuff but also just know that we're comfortable with where you are with what our position is because between him and and Hufanga being back there as your safeties you feel pretty good about that position for the next you know three or four years and I think that's you have to decide whether or not that the extra money there is is worth doling out to to solidify that because otherwise i agree with you like go with the known quantity give jimmy ward what he wants uh put him back there let him be the safety again but it's going to be a difference between that i mean we're talking you know a six-year age difference in this particular case um which is not insignificant yeah i agree i think honestly i think the solution above all for safety is to just find one in the draft and go from there like they did with yeah, Fonda. Yeah. So the best option might just be Gibson plus third round pick. Mm-hmm. Find someone who can really slot back there and kind of go from there. Because I just think in terms of positional value, the 49ers are, and I'll keep this short because I think I could get into like <laughs> a 30 minute treatise on this idea. The 49ers like, have basically said to the NFL, positional value doesn't exist, but it does to some extent, right? But paying like a middle linebacker the amount you do, paying a receiver and a tight end the amount you do, paying running backs the amount you do, those are all like, those are all like running backs and middle linebackers, especially those are kind of, and opposite moves to what you think is sustainable kind of contender would do and my my view of it has always been they find players who like change the trajectory of their team and kind of reorient what they do like you don't pay any middle linebacker the amount of money fred warner's getting but you pay fred warner that right because he's fred warner exactly (laughs) but that's all to say i don't know how many times you can keep on doing that so yeah that's true safety seems to be the spot where they're willing to just say, I think we got it. Because, you know, Hufanga played pretty well in limited minutes last year, but there's no reason to have been like, I think we're good without Joukowsky Tart anymore. Let's go to Hufanga. Other than just like an organizational decision to be like, I think it's time we just like, Mm -hmm. we get... not cheap at safety, but get young and cost-effective. Cost-effective. There we go. I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, I certainly agree with that. Um, so if Gibson's willing to come back on like another one-year deal or maybe he wants two years for some whatever, um, maybe he has one in an in a option or something, I don't know. Um, and then you draft somebody who you feel like can maybe – and you're not – and you don't tell him, you know, this is Tashan's job, like – it's you know it's an open competition and you see who wins it and and see what happens so good um all right two more things specifically that i wanted to look at obviously there's some some depth guys they're going to bring in um some names that are interesting um so the first one i want to talk about is a potential 
because I we talked about this already. We think it's time to to really invest in a running mate for George Kittle as a second tight end. Uh, Ross Dwelly, Tyler Croft, Charlie Warner, all these guys are just not. They're not it, right? They do not pose a threat as a pass catcher. Um, and frankly, outside of maybe Warner a little bit, they don't really pose a threat as blockers either. Um, so they don't really, it's kind of like, what are we doing here? Um, so I, frankly, I think the best option here is to go with a young guy out of the draft. But there are two names that jump out at me. I think they probably are both going to price themselves out of the 49ers, but it would be interesting to see. Um, OJ Howard, Austin Hooper are both free agents this this offseason. Austin Hooper obviously got a lot of money in his last go around. OJ Howard was um is struggled, right? <laughs> he was a first round pick, never lived up to it. Um that would be maybe a sort of Jordan Reed type of situation where we can see if give him his third go around and see if he can be if he can maybe get it going with not the pressure of having to be the number one tight end and maybe put him next to Kittle and he breaks out. I don't know. Um, who knows? Maybe this is just not something that Shanahan's interested in because they've outside of that Jordan Reed situation, they never really brought in anybody that you're like, huh, that's an interesting decision uh, to have a second tight end. But maybe they're just not interested in it. I don't know. Um, I, I know those names are maybe not like the most interesting and there have been, they've been guys who've underperformed, I think, recently, but they would be at least somebody that you'd look and go, okay, we got to pay attention to him because he does have talent and we have to watch out for him as opposed to no offense, Ross Dwelly, like that sort of thing. I agree. I, I absolutely agree. I think OJ Howard is interesting insofar as you are kind of, kind of playing the game for uh, a kind of resurrection to his career where as I think a name that you mentioned, Austin Hooper, is a is a far more reasonable, like, he's solid. You know what you're going to get. I saw Hooper's name as well. I don't know how much he's going to get. And I think that is the real question, is just the Jordan Reed experiment, I think, worked really well, not only because Jordan Reed was, is, was quite good when, you know, he was able to stay on the field but also because he also just wasn't too expensive against the cap. And the Niners were in a position where they could experiment a little more. Yeah, I agree. Definitely something to look to. I am with you that it feels like, a, especially with the seven compensatory draft picks now and 11 picks overall, that seems like a position they just throw a stab at in the – in the draft yeah um howard by the way in his career just 129 catches for 1882 yards and 17 touchdowns including a 10 catch 145 yard performance last year in houston um so not not great um although the houston team was was pretty bad so that makes sense um all right one other thing, because we could talk about other names that are potential possibilities, at, especially depth guys on the defensive line. You know they're going to bring in a lot of guys there. But I do want to talk briefly uh, before we wrap up about we talked we started with the quarterback situation. Um, so I figure it makes sense to to end with it. Um, the Niners are going to have to bring in a third guy, uh, especially if Purdy is right on that six month time frame. There's a pretty good chance he's going to start the year 
on some kind of list, uh, be it the the IR, or the pup list, or something like that, where they'll have to bring him back after a couple of weeks, which means Trey Lance will be your starter, and they're going to have to have some sort of veteran as the um, as the backup. So there've been some names thrown around. I know uh, Matt Mayoko keeps singing the the Andy Dalton praises and how he had you know a pretty good year actually in um, in New Orleans last year, but obviously he's going to be on his way out with the signing of Derek Carr. Um, Jameis Winston probably will also be on the market. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but there's a couple other names to look at it. Gardner Minshew is going to be uh, out there as a possibility. Um, he'll be a free agent if the Eagles elect not to bring him back. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is also another guy who may or may not be available after he was in Miami last year, I believe. Who knows what the Dolphins are going to do uh, in at the quarterback position. Um, apparently the, the rumblings are, you joked about Tom Brady earlier, but the rumblings are that he may, he wants to go to a Shanahan offense, but it may be the one that's in Miami and not the one that's in uh, San Francisco. Um, so those are two names that jumped out at me as far as like guys that you'd feel pretty comfortable with as your backup, um, that if you had had them instead of Josh Johnson as your backup quarterback last year, uh, in the NFC championship game, you probably would not have there. There might've been a slightly better chance that those, that that game goes better. Um, so I don't know if you looked into any names there, but those are two guys that stood out to me as far as like guys that are decent ages. They're not like old wiry veterans. Um, I guess the only concern there would be whether or not they would come into a situation knowing fully well that they're going to be the the backup when the season starts and probably going to be re- relegated to a third quarterback uh, once Brock Purdy returns and whether or not that they feel comfortable with that kind of thing would be the interesting thing. Cause that's what you're going to pitch to this guy, to whoever this guy is that you're bringing in. Um, probably they'll draft a guy or bring in an undrafted free agent as well. Um, but I don't know what thoughts you have about those guys or any other names that might be available out there. I, 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 yeah, exactly. (laughs) That was okay. That that was a little too dramatic, but I, in general, I think that, um, there's certainly, there's a necessity for sure. I am more of the mind that a guy like Gardner Minshew is, or Teddy Bridgewater is better than a guy like Andy Dalton. Not to say I have anything against Andy Dalton, although maybe I do, who knows. But <laughs> I think it's more so that I think you get a lot more out of getting a guy like who's a little younger and has like some capacity to like grow as the year goes. So that's my basic thoughts are that go a little younger, try to find, I think. There's there's a lot to be said about just finding a guy who's like steady and stable, but mm-hmm. I think any good team is willing to find upside and like value in whatever they're getting. And since this backup guy, like there is no guaranteed starter for the 49ers in the same way other teams have like a guaranteed starter. My mentality is you want a guy who can maybe surprise you. And I don't know if Andy Dalton can surprise anyone anymore. Right. Well, and the other thing to keep to think about too is it 
Dalton feels like having Garoppolo again in the middle of the the Trey Lance Brock Purdy sandwich in that you'd have to change the offense completely if he had to come in for whatever reason, because he's certainly not doing anything near athletically what Lance can do. And he's certainly not even on Purdy's level in that regard. Whereas somebody like Minshew or even Bridgewater has the athleticism to not do all of the things. I think you take out some of the running stuff with Bridgewater for sure. Maybe Minshew has a little bit of that in him. Um, but at least it gives you the opportunity to keep the playbook similar to a certain extent. You don't have to throw out a chunk of like, you know, Andy Dalton is not moving, uh, you know, around in the pocket. He's not doing all those, you know, rollouts and, and that sort of thing. He's he's going to he's going to change everything really significantly. And I think that would be that that or somebody like Matt Ryan or something. It's just like, what are we what are we doing here? <laughs> like that's that's going to force. That would be if, for whatever reason, that that guy had to had to play. You're changing everything, and I don't think that's what you want. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know what they're. This is why I think Lamar Jackson is super interesting to me, honestly. Because let's say hypothetically, the Niners have decided already. They've seen enough behind the scenes, and they're saying, you know what? I don't think Trey Lance is good enough. Brock Purdy will be out for the year. But beyond that, no one's really going to trade for Brock Purdy. As like as well as he played, I don't think he right now has any value as like a player. Right. Simply because I think there's a huge like what what the what was going on kind of moment, you know? So my the way I kind of view it is a guy like Lamar Jackson, if you can find a way to swing for him on a deal that like somehow if the Niners got a one-year flyer on a guy like Jackson, just get him on the tag for one year, give up Lance, go from there. That's probably like – I don't know. Maybe that's like best case scenario, but (laughs) absent of that, I just don't see like, like, yeah, Matt Ryan is, he might be okay, but like these guys are free agents for a reason. And the guys who like you'd be okay with having as like your backup or third string guy, those guys are going to be expensive. I mean, Derek Carr got like 150 million or something. Nuts. So you know, money is flying out there. So who knows? Maybe a market. I think John Lynch used a term for Michael Lynch. Maybe a player doesn't hit his market. And if that's the case, then maybe there is an opportunity. But absent that, I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think you're you're 100 right on that. Um, and that right there is is excellent podcast from you sir that is called bringing it around full circle you brought us right back to the beginning so well done um <laughs> uh yeah i think that that pretty much sums it up uh it'll be interesting to see what the niners do with their with their cap space obviously i think there will be some some news about restructurings happening here in the in the coming days leading up to uh wednesday uh because 
like right they have to do it like right now they don't even have enough they barely have enough money to sign their their draft picks if if they use all 11 of those draft picks i don't think they'd be able to afford to keep them all uh so there's there's that to keep in mind plus they got to have money um you know they got to have money to 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 kind of hang around with throughout the season so there will be moves being made here in the coming years coming days sorry um it's that that credit card spending, unfortunately, where they got to push the the money on down the road. But I think the players that they're talking about, McCaffrey, Warner, those types of players are, are guys they expect to be around for a long period of time. So it's not like they're going to they're going to restructure their contracts and they'll be gone in a year and then they'll be like paying for them, uh, even though they're they're not on the team anymore like they are for a couple of other guys. Um, so something to keep in mind. But um, actually, any final words before we wrap this thing up? Hopefully Purdy's surgery goes okay, and I really want to see how aggressive the 49ers get because this is their window, Yep. and, you know, they are a top three roster in the NFL who are somehow missing perhaps the most important, like, elements to bring it all together, and they just, they got to get it done, so... We'll see. We'll see. Well said. Well said, as as usual. Um, well, thanks out there for listening to this episode of the Niner Noise podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Please uh, continue to check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis, especially as we get into the free agency period next week um, and start moving into draft time, which we'll, we'll begin talking about here uh, pretty soon, I think. Um, and be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 